0: Listening to First Church Charlotte. Good evening, everyone. My name is Nathan. It's an honor to spend a few moments with you on this Wednesday evening. I hope you're having a great week, and I hope that your weekend leads you to a the house of the Lord. Um, You know I pastor First Church Charlotte. We would love to host you there. Uh, But if you aren't able to do that or you attend another church, Go to church, join together with the people of God, be uh, the body of Christ. I'm going to teach for a little while on this subject, speaking blessing over the people you love, speaking blessing over the people that you love. Our theme scripture is going to be Numbers chapter number six, and we're going to read at verse number 22. But before we do that, I'll I'll give you a moment to turn there. I want you to think about what it means to serve as a priest to the Lord. Um, I, I think this is important because in the New Testament, we are given that as a spiritual image, a type of a learning uh, of our role. Uh, we are literally spoken of as, as kings and priests. Now, I, I don't know what it means to be a king. I, I certainly don't see anything in Christianity that would lead any of us to be elitist or to think of ourselves as higher than anyone else. I feel like that would be wrongheaded. Um, I do know that a day will come when we will, in some way that is beyond easy understanding, um, we will be invited to rule and reign with him. None of us knows exactly what that's going to look like, so we're going to leave it with the Lord. Um, uh, It seems like the heart of Christianity is not to exalt the self, and it seems like the heart of God is to find people who don't need to do that, and then to elevate those people because he can trust them. uh, there, there, is, there is some deep waters here to swim in. Um, most of us don't think much about what it means to be a king uh, in this kingdom. We think of God as king, but we are quite comfortable thinking of, thinking of ourselves as being called to be a priest ministering to the Lord. Now, under the law, priests had a unique role. They were the sons of, of Aaron, and they had been given the opportunity to take care of the house of the Lord to care for it, to uh, manage it as part of their worship. And the Bible says of them that they ministered to the Lord. They stood before the Lord by day and night uh, to minister to the Lord. That is a a, a very powerful teaching image because in the New Testament, we are in the same manner as the priests uh, in charge of that which houses the presence of the Lord. It's just that no longer is it a structure. And now our hearts have become uh, the temple of the Lord. The the temple is no longer of wood, stone, and structure, but it is flesh. Uh, We live out uh, the presence of the Lord as hosts. He fills us with his spirit, and we are given the opportunity to live out Um, the hosting of the Shekinah glory of God. But the priests did more than just care for the house of the Lord. Uh, They also, they represented the things of God to the people that included teaching, that included instruction, that included uh, various civil duties uh, that they were responsible for. And all of that is, of course, helpful in learning the roles that we have Uh, But one of the things that we often miss is it was the priest, the priesthood that facilitated mercy. You see, people would bring a sacrifice to the house of the Lord, and the priesthood would facilitate the mercy applied to those people. They would handle the sacrifice, they would offer the sacrifice, and that, uh, that covering of God's mercy would be applied to these people. The priesthood facilitated mercy, And in a spiritual way, I believe we do that now. We are like the 70 who were sent ahead of the Lord Jesus Christ, who went into all the villages and said, Jesus is coming through, and he'd like to stop by your house and bless you. And we represent the Lord. Uh, We are facilitators of grace. We have been entrusted with this good news. Your sins have been taken care of. You can receive the redemptive victory of Jesus Christ in your life. We... We facilitate grace and mercy. We are preachers of hope. Um, we have this most joyous burden that anyone has ever carried, and that is the good news that God has made God has made a way. So we as a spiritual priesthood minister to the Lord, all right? So with that in mind, I want to read a passage to you. This is number six, and we're reading at verse number 22. Then the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. This, Aaron, this priesthood, this is how you're to bless God's people. This image of intentional instruction where the Lord doesn't just vaguely say, yeah, y'all be a blessing to my people. No, he tells them how they are to bless the people of the Lord. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. That phrasing this blessing is pretty popular in in modern Christianity. We sing songs about it. We preach messages about it. It's beautiful. Uh, We embrace it. But I want you to know that this idea of speaking blessing blessing, uh, is all through the word of the Lord, and it is particularly densely woven through the New Testament books. You can hardly find any epistle written by Paul, written by uh, Peter, Uh, John, uh, Luke, uh, you understand what I'm saying? Uh, There's almost no place where the writer does not speak prayer and blessing for someone. Let me read uh, another place in the scripture, Ephesians 3, if you'd like to turn there with your Bibles. We're gonna read it, verse number uh, 16. Paul is saying this, I pray that out of God's glorious riches he may strengthen you with power, through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power. Power that isn't rooted and established in love hurts as many people as it helps, but I'm not preaching about that. then all we can ask or think, according to his power that is at work within within you. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. This is Paul speaking blessing over a church. Uh, We, in the same manner that the priesthood had a duty to bless God's people, I believe we have a duty to bless God's people. It's natural for us to want to bless our children particularly. Um, And it's natural for us to want to bless our family. And perhaps to a lesser degree, it's natural for us to want to bless our friends. But I believe we are called to more than just the blessing of me and mine, (laughs) more than just the blessing of my four friends and my two children. You you see what I'm saying? Um, We are called to represent blessing to a society and to speak God's blessing. We don't do that. Uh, At least I don't do it near as much as I should. Um, I'm really comfortable saying, I'm going to pray for you. We're really comfortable saying, I'm going to believe that God will be with you. We're really comfortable saying, look, he's going to help you. Uh, We're really comfortable doing that. But we're not near as comfortable saying, I want to speak God's blessing upon you. I want to speak God's blessing. I want to say over you right now, may God shine his face upon you. Do you see? That feels, I don't know, it, it's easy for us to feel like we're being uppity when we do that. But I promise you this, I've never had someone bless me where I felt bad about them. Okay, so understand, the person saying it, it can feel kind of uppity, like I have the power to bless. What if it's more complicated than you have the power? What if it's you have the duty? What if God wants his priesthood to speak to the children, God's children, and say the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Turn his face towards you and give you peace. What if it pleased God that his royal priesthood (laughs) acted in exactly that manner to say to the world, may God shine his face upon you. Words of affirmation are uh, very, very important. Um, Let me direct your attention very quickly to a Harvard Business School study that studied the correlation between team performance and the frequency of praise and criticism given to the individuals on that team. Uh, Here is the data. The highest performing teams received nearly six positive comments for every negative one. The medium performing teams received almost twice as much positive comments as negative comments. But the low performing teams received almost three negative comments for every positive comment. So uh, just real quick, uh, the highest performing, uh, they received nearly six times as much positive as negative. Uh, the mediums, they received twice as much positive as negative, and the last, they received uh, three times the negative to every positive comment that they had, uh, that they received. I think this illustrates a truth. Now, when I read studies like this, I always try to break it down in my mind and, and, and make sense of it, and I, I, I don't know if there is a causative effect, like if I just compliment you more, you do better, I actually think it's a, a bit more subtle than that. I think it's more of a correlation than a causation. It, it happens right beside it, but it doesn't cause it. Why would I say that? Um, the best coaches are the kind of people who are looking for the good in you. So it's natural for them to compliment you more than criticize you. And the worst coaches are the ones who don't care about you, they just wanna win, do you see? And so I don't know if compliments cause higher performance, or if the best coaches are the kind of people that want the best for you, and so they're quick to see the positive. Um, I just want to be a part of a spiritual priesthood who we host the presence of God. We keep our hearts with all diligence because he lives there. We walk with him, we seek to please Him with our lives. We, we seek to make the decisions that's an honor to Him. We choose spiritual disciplines that shows Him the heart that chooses Him. Not the heart that's afraid it's going to be lost or the heart that's afraid it's not going to, you know, get the blessing. <laughs> but the heart that chooses Him. Uh, and having fulfilled our role of making our hearts the hosting place of the Shekinah, we can look at the people he loves and we can follow the instruction given to the priesthood. And it'll go something like this. Look, this is how I want you to bless my people. I don't want you just to be accidental about it. I want you to be intentional about it. I want you to tell him, may God shine his face upon you. I want to challenge all of you today to think of the people in your life who you have influence with. Some of you have children that are still at home. Some of you have adult children. Some of you have spiritual children, people that you have won to God and you are a mentor in their life. Some of you know young people who have asked you for help in certain areas. Um, You have this role of care. You have this high honor of spiritual nourishing you are uh, someone who is nurturing to someone and you have been trusted with this soul and it is your duty. No, it's more than your duty. It's your honor to speak to the people God loves as one who would bless them. Um, there are some beautiful illustrations in the story of uh, the, the, the Israelites, um, how the Jewish men, uh, had formal times of the year when they spoke formal blessings over their family. Um, I think this is something we have missed in Christianity, and I think we should do better. Um, we should focus on it more. I certainly am trying to do better at it as a the parent myself. I, wanna, I want my children to feel that I am speaking God's blessing upon them. I want your chil- children to feel like you are speaking God's blessing upon them. I, I hope they have this sense that they are surrounded by people who we aren't just making sure they didn't, you know, they took out the garbage. <laughs> we're not just over here with a, uh, you know, a, a, a checklist of things they ought to do, and when they don't do them, you should be ashamed of yourself. No, we're the priesthood that pleases God by blessing the people God loves like this. May God shine His face upon you. May He be gracious to you. May He give you peace. We have a lot of promises given to us, but we err when we think they're just to us. We are bearers of God's promises. We're not just those who receive the promise. We are bearers of the promise, and so every promise in the word of God that has been a strength to you shouldn't stop with you. It should be a blessing to everyone in your life that you can bless. God said that he loved you. You know scriptures like John 3, 16. You know that God loves you. That promise can't stop with you. Everyone in your world needs to hear that God loves them. You can claim a promise for yourself like I am forgiven. First John 1.19, I am forgiven, I am forgiven. I claim it. God is faithful, he's merciful, I'm forgiven. And Don't let that, that, that um, promise stop with you. You bear that promise to someone in your life and you speak that promise over them you stop them don't 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 let your children live with a sense of defeat in their life you bless them yes you bless them i want you to know the bible tells you you're forgiven i speak god's forgiveness to you not because i'm god but because i stand on god's word Uh, you are god's workmanship you're unique god has an investment in you You need to see that you are his workmanship. Uh, We claim that for ourselves. We encourage ourselves with that, Ephesians 2 and 10. But we can't let it stop with us. You're never alone, Matthew 28 and 20. Uh, You are chosen of God, uniquely chosen, 1 Peter 1 and 9. You're protected from the evil one, 2 Thessalonians 3 and 3. These promises can't stop with you. You are blessed to bless. God has placed you in a place of spiritual dominion in the same manner that Adam and Eve are placed in a garden of God's creation and what does God tell Adam to do you define this place you name it whatever you name it that's what we're going to call it you you have dominion here you represent me here you want to call a bear a bear it's going to be a bear I'm not going to show up and say oh no let's call it a hubba <laughs> it's a bear I want you to see how God as a king and as a priest places his people in the arena of spiritual contest and he places you there with dominion and you speak faith. You speak to the spiritual mountains. You bless and unfortunately you can curse. Your words can bless. Your words can uh, curse. Uh, Our language as representatives of the great promises of God has tremendous power. We want the people we love in our life to have this sense of God's favor upon them. Uh, Whether we are blessing our children at home or whether we are speaking to people that we are spiritual mentors to, they desperately, desperately need to have a sense of God's favor that is upon them. Um, One of the ways we bless children is to notice something that they do well, and remind them that God gave it to them as a blessing. So my uh, my little girl, um, she is she loves people. She's super friendly. Um, we gave her the nickname of Sister Friendly, and um, from a very young age, uh, I started calling her Sister Friendly, and I gave her assignments because she's so good at meeting people, and she now has owns that. She's sister-friendly, and she'll go out um, in the, like some of our neighbors are playing um, in the backyard next door, and uh, I got a text from the neighbor next door asking if Ellie Ellie wanted to come play, and Ellery didn't know the kids, and I I stuck my head in the living room where Ellery was, and I said, would you like to go play next door with the kids? You won't know them, but you want." and she leapt to her feet, and she said, Yes, 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 yes. And she ran outside as fast as she could and she's running around the corner of the house. She hasn't even seen the kids yet. She's running and she's shouting, hello, hello, I'm coming to play. Hello, hello. Okay, that can just be a personality trait. That can just be how it worked out for her or that can be God's favor on her. And you know who defines that? I do. I define that. I can tell her God's favor is upon you. Look how friendly you are. Look how confident you are with people. Look how joyous you are. That's God's favor on you. We must be those who follow the instruction of the Lord. And we bless God's people like this. May God shine his face upon you. May may he be gracious with you. May he give you peace. You see, I believe you can in an almost astonishing way, in an unexpected way, in a mysterious way. You could perhaps turn the whole path of someone's life if they just could reframe what they're dealing with and begin to believe that God's favor is with them and that they are blessed. Anything that is in your child's life that you admire, Let them feel the blessing of God's investment upon them. Anything that you see a young person in our church doing, if there's a young person in our church, don't sit back and wait for them to make a mistake. Please don't do that. You will drive me crazy if you do that. (laughs) Unless you were perfect at their age, please don't do that. And just so you know, you weren't perfect. (laughs) Um, Find what is happening there. If If they worship the Lord beautifully, if they, if they pour their heart out to God, notice it and remind them that that's God's investment in them and that's God's favor upon them. I have the last few months uh, so deeply placed this in my heart that I've tried to, I've tried to make it a part of who I am. I've, I've, I've tried to grab young people in our church and not just say I love them, but say something like this, you, you have such potential god's favor is upon you. you see, I can give it to him as this obligation you're so anointed i hope I hope you I hope you serve the Lord because God could use you that's that, that doesn't give any favor that gives guilt. Oh, he probably thinks I'm not going to make it. don't give him guilt. give him favor. Just give him favor and so I a lot of times will find something I admire about a young person, and I 'll go tell him. That's awesome. That's God's favor on you. Don't think that's just you. That's God's investment in in, in you. I'll tell, I I oftentimes tell them, man, if if I had a son like you, I would be so proud of you. That is a simple way that I can do something, not just be in theory and, you know, Bible study. I can do something. Now you do it. Let's all do it. When you stand before my people, God says, this is how I want you to bless them. May God's face shine. You see what I'm saying here? This goes on and on. Uh, uh, the people that you are, you are ministering to uh, in your life, uh, some of the things you might, you might notice about them and you might uh, help them cultivate is if you ever see them step out in faith or make a pronouncement of faith, Make sure they feel God's favor in that, and make sure that you, they know you see that. If you see them with a heart of sensitivity to the needs of others, let them know God's favor is a part of that. When If they are quick to volunteer or quick to serve, make sure it's more than, oh, God could use you to do something great for the kingdom. No, speak God's favor upon them. God knows you. God has a big investment in you. You belong to him, as we say, I am yours and you are mine, uh, God is, he, He's going to be with you. He's going to bless you. You need to feel God's favor uh, upon your life. Um, I, have, I have endeavored to do this in talking to people about the Lord. Um, when they're done, when I'm done talking to them, do they just think that I'm really religious? <laughs> or, oh, He knows a lot of the Bible? Or what do they think? Do they think that they're just sinners and they're condemned? Um, I've had a few conversations where that's what they got from me. Um, what What are they thinking from me? Something I've tried to add. I recently was given the honor to talk to someone and they'd asked me specific spiritual questions that uh, were the kind of questions you would only ask someone if you trusted them, uh, what they should do and that kind of a thing. And um, I did my best uh, to answer. Um, I'm a flawed and fragile man, but I did my best to answer. But as the conversation went along um, i I realized that they were expressing things they wanted to see happen in their life, and I had been thinking along this a lot uh, how do we speak blessing in people's life and um, the lord the Lord at that moment it kind of just like convicted me like okay, and uh, put it into action don't just think about it put it into action and so I took a chance um, and I told them, I believe God's going to open that door for you because I am going to pray that God would give you favor there. Now, we're not asking against His will, but I'm going to believe that His favor is upon you. And I just want you to remember that when God blesses you, that it was God who did this for you. Uh, We'll see how it goes. I want to speak. I want to speak God's favor. But I will say this. When I did that, I perceived more emotion from them than when I had given them a bunch of scriptures. It's like they were softened by what that moment. It's almost as though I watched the goodness of God turn their heart toward him. So uh, that's enough for tonight. Uh, I wanna speak God's blessing to, to all of you. I want to speak God's blessing over my children, over your children. I want our church to feel like a place where we celebrate God's favor one to another. We need to get out of the habit of asking for favor for ourselves. We need to trust God with favor for ourselves, but we need to ask God for favor for the people in our life that we love. Lord Jesus, I pray you would make us effective ministers, effective, an an effective spiritual priesthood. Uh, Make us effective in prayer. Uh, Make us zealous in looking for your hand of blessing upon the people that we love. Help us to manifest your heart not just as a series of atta boys or atta girls, but to manifest your heart as a way, an invitation to a way. And having done so, having committed our lives to you, uh, we move through our generation as more than those who condemn, but we literally manifest the blessing, the blessings of the Lord upon uh, our neighborhoods and our communities. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I love you, God bless you, have a great week. Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If this podcast has blessed you, please rate it with four or five stars. By doing so, you'll help others find our free podcast